Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Uh, just to be honest, man, I had, I had left a, a trail of dead bodies in my past. Yeah. You know, I've, I've, I'd hurt a lot of people in my past because of either generational curses or, 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 or my own proclivities or habits. And, and here was my fear to get to the root of it. The Bible says, be not deceived, for God is not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, he shall also reap. Uh-huh. And to be honest, I was afraid of her. That she was going to be the one that hurts you. That she would be the one to be my karma. Yeah. Because I've, I've had women to love my toenails. Yeah. And I can walk away like it wasn't nothing. Yeah. But with her, man, it was, it was one of those situations where I did not know my heart could beat as fast or as deep. Uh, I didn't know that I could love somebody as much. And so I was really afraid, man. I was really afraid. And I was waiting for her. She doesn't notice, but I was waiting for her to give me a reason to walk away. Yep. I'm on a journey to discover, uncover, and recover love. Now, as a national playwright, I've penned dozens of shows about relationships. As a filmmaker, I've documented the most beautiful committal of lovers at weddings. And as a divorcee, I know firsthand the brevity of marriage and the pain of its loss. I'm the Terrasaur Whitfield, and welcome to the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. Welcome to the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. I'm your host, the Terrasaur Whitfield. Today, we have an amazing couple in studio. Listen, I had the privilege of shooting their engagement last week, and um, I'm really excited to sit down and talk to this couple. Uh, Corey Hughes and Kiana Franklin. Corey Hughes is a civil rights activist. He's a business owner, uh, owns multiple businesses. The dude be out here making some things happen. And uh, he's a minister of the gospel. That's where he and I connect on a high level. And Kiana Franklin, uh, based out of Los Angeles, California, she's the owner and founder of KidsCon. So she found a, an interesting niche in business, and so I'm really excited to hear how her mind thinks. Welcome to the Dear Future Wifey podcast, Corey Hughes and Kiana Franklin. Wow, I love that. <laughs> how y'all doing? Look at you holding his hand and all that. Why you got to look at you? You all in love and stuff? Yeah, of is, course uh, I am. Is that how you act when you're in love? Just be. Yeah, we're, we're very touchy-feely. Really touch- yeah. Are you touchy-feely, Corey? Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I can imagine. Look how beautiful she is. You yeah, just can't, man. can't keep your hands off of her. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. Corey, so today's podcast, let's see, what's a good name for this episode? In the uh, engagement video, you said at the beginning, what did you say? You said that we were talking about knowing when the one is the one. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give you the honor. What should this podcast be called? Um, I think it should be called When You Know. When You Know. You Should Go. When you know, you should go. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, because a lot of times people know and they miss the one, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Corey, we're going to jump right into it. How did you know that Kiana was the one? So you ask me why now? Now, the reality is I've been asking myself that same question. Um, probably because I've been asked that question by my friends a thousand times over the last week. And the same answer that I give them is the same answer that I give myself. And the same answer I'll give you. You just know when you know. So today is my man's birthday. You know, he's turning 43 and it was so hard to hide something from him. 
it was a surprise party. You know, he thought we were just going to dinner tonight, and we're here. You know, we're here at the golf course. I wanted to do something special because I know he loves golf and he loves going to the casino. So I was like, why not do it at the golf course to have a casino theme inside? So. Y'all give it up for the birthday boy! So I know for a fact she has no idea that this is going on. As a matter of fact, um, because I'm such a good planner, um, I planned for her to plan my own surprise birthday party. So um, it was June of 2019, and I was in uh, Los Angeles, California. From around this truck, I just saw this beautiful woman um, walk around the truck, and it was like something in the movies. Uh, it was almost like cosmic, like a heavenly moment that I knew exactly when I laid my eyes on her. I knew that she was the one. All right, so tonight I'm actually gonna propose, I'm gonna propose to Ms. Kiana tonight. Yes. Katie, what do you think, baby? Yes, all the way. Yes, all the way? Y'all, so y'all, y'all approve? Yes. Okay. All right. Well, I'll, I'll let y'all know when it's done, okay? Okay. All right. I promise you, I love you. Though you have planned this surprise. Come on. It was really a surprise for you. that I could ask for on, for my birthday. On, the one thing on, that I want Come on. is for you to be my wife. Yeah. She said yes. <laughs> um, the journey begins. Here we go. I was scared, um, but she said yes. I am shaking so bad. <laughs> what is that? Wow! Oh, isn't that beautiful? Yes. Oh my gosh, my hands are shaking so bad. Yes, it was. Oh, I love you. What did you say? I love you. Yes. You say yes. 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 So obviously this is not my first rodeo. Uh, I was married before for 12 years and you know, what's gonna make this one different is that I'm different, that my, my worldview is different. My experiences have kind of shaped me. When I got married in 2004, I had no idea what it meant to not only be a husband, but what it meant to be a, a man. Through trial and error, through mistakes and failures, through victories and successes, uh, it's made me who I am today and I'm confident that I'm ready to be a husband again. I really thought I was just surprising him for his birthday. I thought, you know, I would never think he would propose me at his birthday party where I'm throwing help, you know? See, this is what I mean. You know, he always makes things about me when it's about him. <laughs> There's no greater gift that I could ever receive than you. Tell the people, what did he do for your first date? Well, let's talk about what led up to even for me to say yes to the first okay, date. Okay, well, go ahead then. So, um, it was a weekend. I had my event, Kids Con in New York, and I had a lot of things going on, but he wrote me a beautiful paragraph that was, um, a, I mean, it was just a perfect paragraph explaining of how he felt and what he thinks about me and how he would like to take me on a date. 
So when I saw wow. that paragraph, it caught me so off guard because I was in busy mode that I ignored it, you know, at first. And then after a day or two, like I think it was about a day, I had to sit down. That's one of those messages you have to sit down and be like, okay, this <laughs> take it all in. This a man. This okay. Let me. Okay, I'm you know. So um, it was one of those messages, and then. Um, after that, I knew he was a great man from there just by the way he came in me. And then we talked on the phone for a little bit um, after that. And then we went on our – he asked to go on a first date. And, yeah, we went on our first date. And, wow. And what happened on that first so date? So the first date. Uh-oh. Wow. So um, – Hold on. Here's a little disclaimer to all the brothers that be watching this. Listen, this is going to make you level up. Uh, don't be intimidated by this. It made me rethink some things in my life, and I, and I realized that Olive Garden just ain't going to do. All right. So. <laughs> Kiana, well, tell us, what did he do? So uh, he had a driver come to my house, not an Uber, a driver. A driver. He had a driver come to my house to pick me up, and him knowing that I'm a busy woman, obviously that means I'm always in my car. Yeah. So that was a first big turn on because it's like, wow, you're, you're doing something to make sure I get off my feet to really relax and enjoy the night because no one wants to go on a date and knowing that you're going to have drinks, you have to still drive home. And, and L.A. traffic. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I lived an hour away, you know, from all the main stuff going on in L.A. So that was a big gesture. He had a driver pick me up. The driver took me to the SLS Hotel um, to the, the ballet area, and then a butler came outside and brought roses out and said, this is from Mr. Corey Hughes. So I was already like, oh, wow. Okay. He said, okay, this is how we doing it. Yeah. So he had the, the roses come out and the drink. Um, and so after that, two minutes shortly after that, he walked out smelling good, great cologne. He's known mm. for that. Smelling good, looking good. <laughs> right, exactly, smelling good, looking good, all that. The cologne was everything, you know. I, I definitely remember that scent. <laughs> and um, so we, we got in the car. Then he, he told the drivers, excuse me, can you take me take us to our next location? So I'm not knowing where we're going. I'm thinking, okay, we're just going to let him do his thing. So we get to the next location, and then we get to um, – a very nice high-end store, let's say that. Uh, that Christian Louboutin, just call it what it is. Okay, Christian Louboutin. Yeah, yeah. We went to uh, that's, that's, that's what that store. That's what it was. Yeah. Right. And we went in. He just said, hey, can you come, in me, come with me in here real quick? I just got to talk to a friend. So I'm just like, okay. So me, I go in and sit straight down. I don't look at anything because I'm not really materialistic at that. So I just sat down and didn't think nothing of it. Like, okay, he's talking to his friend. Let's talk, let him talk and let's leave. So we sit there, and then a guy comes down with two glasses of champagne, and he goes, well, we brought you here today because Mr. Hughes wanted to let you pick out a pair of shoes to wear tonight. So I, I, at that moment, I'm like, what? And so you know, so um, I'm caught off guard. You know? told so, me. Yeah, very caught off guard. So we started, I started walking around looking at shoes to fit the, my outfit. And it was some black, um, some black ankle boots. That I wore. Then we got we got back in the car. And then he said, "Okay, can you take us to our next location?" And then it was Catch LA, which is a really beautiful restaurant, um, rooftop scenery, great food, great ambiance, music. He had the um, the driver take me to a concert because that was Anita Baker's farewell concert, yeah. and I couldn't miss that. My dad got me tickets to see that, and it was no way I was going to miss Anita yeah. Baker. I was trying to hear my songs, yeah. you know. So uh, he had the driver take me there. And, and didn't try anything, didn't even try to say, you know, can you come back here after after concert, anything, didn't try anything. So that was a very big turn on. It was like, okay, he's actually just trying to make sure I have a good time and make sure I get home or wherever I'm going safe. He even right. offered to have the driver, if I needed the driver, to take me from the concert back home. Wow. And I thought that was thoughtful, even though my dad took me home after, but he still offered, and I was like, wow, okay. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that was day one, but he had, a, it, I feel like our our First date was like a two day, so we had a. It was kind of extended because it was so short due to the concert. And then the second day, what happened? The second date. So remind you, this is uh, Christmas. This is around Christmas, about a week before Christmas. So I had my cousin come in town from Dallas, which is one of my favorite cousins, Sierra. She came in town um, to come visit me for the holidays. So he asked to see me that day, and I said, "Well, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to see you because I have family in town, and I'm huge on family." Because I throw all the family Christmas parties and everything like that. So I told him, I don't know if I'm going to be able to see you. He goes, okay, well, um, how about you and your cousin get dressed and I'll have a driver pick you guys up at 10. So I'm like, oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> Excuse my language, but, you know, I'm, I'm like, <laughs> impressed. So 
So my cousin, uh, she goes, okay. I'm like, okay, girl, let's get dressed. Let's go. We got about 30 minutes. Let's go. The driver's going to be here. So he pulls up to a helicopter location, and then we get out, and then as soon as we walk in, that's when they give us a glass of champagne and say, We're, we brought you here today so you guys can take a helicopter ride. So my cousin starts getting her phone out. <laughs> oh, my God. You know? <laughs> oh, my God. Like she's taking videos, she's taking Facebook pictures. Live, hey everybody. Right. She's taking pictures. She's already like, Oh, this is cousin. This is cousin. You know, like so she's like You already got drafted into yeah. the family at this right. point, huh? She's right. she's already impressed because she's never done it before. So uh we went there and it was really, really beautiful. You were there waiting on him? You no, know, he came after. He came about about fifteen minutes after. So he's been doing really you know, his way in the beginning is really bossy. He like shows up, he lets you simmer with your with your champagne, <laughs> then he shows up. You know, he <laughs> like it's an episode of The Bachelor or something. Yeah. <laughs> let it simmer a little bit. Yeah. And then he yes, just, he, he makes his appearance. In the past relationship, I've always been the planner. Okay. You know, I've always been the one that took on that role as a man and woman in times, you know, where whether I'm paying bills or whether I'm planning everything from a man not knowing how to plan. Um, which I don't, you know, I'm not talking down on them, you know, it's just sometimes people just don't That's know. Reality. Yeah, some people just don't know. So that, that was that. And I thought it was impressive to see that a man can really know how to plan everything out, like as if I would, you know. So I thought it was, it was really, really impressive how he came at me as far as like from the paragraph to the first date to the second date. So, um, let's back up to a year ago. Yeah. I, I met her. Um, we talked about how I met her. She gave me the business card, which was for me was like, uh, okay, you know, it was like she was like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> she just um, she to handle you right. Yeah, yeah, but but I think you you know I think just to give some context, I didn't reach out to her for six months, right? And in six months, we may have had three interactions, mm-hmm. one phone call after Kids Con. I followed her on Instagram. And I think she would post something. She doesn't do a lot of posting, and I may have just made a comment, like, congratulations or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the whole time, I always knew, all right? And so um, once, you know, I was clear from a personal perspective to pursue after her, right? Um, I sent the message. And I just sent a message basically saying, I've been watching you for six months. I'm impressed about how successful you are. I've heard the story, Um her mom had passed away and how she was able to pull herself up from the mud and be successful. And I said, I just would like to get to know you. And, um, so she didn't respond. Okay. So 24 hours felt like two weeks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Cause yeah. I didn't, I didn't put my heart out there on the table. Right. But, but my motto in life is you only live one time. Yes. And so, you know, it's a few things that she can say either yes or no. Yep. And I prepared myself for either one. Yeah. And, um, so, you know, she finally responded back to me and said that I could come out there and see her. And what she didn't tell you is that as I'm getting ready to head out there, she says, but by the way, I only got two hours for you. Two hours. Oh, yeah, because Anita Baker concert, she already had planned. So, but she hadn't explained the Anita Baker concert. <laughs> she just said, I got two hours. She just said, I got two hours for you because I got prior <laughs> obligations, right? And so at this point, I'm like, but you can keep them two hours. I mean, the flight is three. It's an hour from the airport to go where I'm going, and then I got to pay for this room. Um, but, but two of my best friends was like, man, just go and, and, and give it a shot. And so I got out there, man, and, um, you know, um, Bishop Jakes has his book called Maximize, Maximize Your Moment. Maximize Your Moment, yes. And I just believe in maximizing the moment. You never know when you're going to get that shot. Yes. But whenever you get that shot, you got to be prepared. Yeah. So you don't get in that situation and then prepare. You prepare for war during peacetime. There it is. And um, I knew that from the moment, and this is something that I've never said publicly, but from the moment I met her, I thought about her every day. Yeah. Every single day I thought about her. That was in the paragraph, so yeah, yeah. So, so from the moment I met her, every single day I thought about her, and I may have gone to her page and just looked at her. And every time I saw her, I was like, "Yeah, that's it." And I hadn't, I, we'd never had a phone conversation, but I was like, "Man, that's her." I'm telling you, I got a feeling. Dang. And so that's the reason I said, "Man, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give her the best version of me." And if she, if she, if she, if she's attracted to it, great. If not, then maybe I just missed the mark on this one. That's good. And so um, I just rolled out the red carpet, and, um, you know, we're here today. <laughs> so you made a key point, and this is what I tell people to always do. 
is prepare yourself. You said that it was a state, it was a process that you had to undergo in order to prepare yourself for what God had in store for you. Explain, touch a little bit about that. What did you mean about this preparation stage from getting her phone number into actually making contact with her? Well, I mean, just some things it's hard for people to articulate and understand. But, you know, when I met her, I was in a relationship that was ending. And I think just from an integrity perspective, one of the reasons I never reached out to her is because I knew how I felt about her the moment I met her. Yeah. And I said to myself that if, if I reach out to her in two weeks and she bites, now I'm in a yeah. situation. Yep. You know, now I've got to explain to her after I open up her heart that, that I'm in this situation. That I'm in this situation. Yeah. And I've done that in my past. Yeah. You know, I've, I, have, I, have, I have fired people and let them keep working before. You know, I've hired somebody and didn't tell them that somebody else was occupying that position. There it is. Talk about that. Um, and so, but I just made a decision this time that if I want it different, I want it to be different. There it is. So as challenging as it was, I didn't reach out to her. Uh, I saw her. I knew how I felt about it, but I never called her. I never, I don't think, I don't think um, I ever text her until December is the first time I ever text her. So before y'all made it official, y'all got serious. Yeah. You gave Corey 60 days. 60 days to do what? Give context to that. So I feel like when we first when we first made it official, I I know that every man, just by me being around men as far as my dad, my stepdad, my uncle, I know how they move in relationships. <laughs> so I knew that with him, I know everybody's everybody's lane is not squeaky clean in the beginning. So that takes some eliminating. You got to hurt a couple of feelings. You got different people that have different roles in your life. So I've told him you have 60 days to get rid of that, you know, because I don't want it to be where you are with me and then you're still trying to figure out and juggle everything while I'm falling in love. So I, at that moment, I was like, okay, let me just give you, I'm going to put you on a 60 day probation period for you to get rid of your stuff, you know, because when you don't do that, you allow a man to kind of force yourself to make decisions that you don't really want to do because then that means other people are going to keep on still attaching themselves to the situation. So yeah. I let him do it on his own kind of terms kind of thing. So you said 60 days. What yeah. what state were y'all in at that point? Were y'all still seeing each other? Were y'all still kicking with each other, still visiting or what? Yeah, we. I, since we met, we haven't gone more than five to seven days without seeing each other. And he's in Dallas and I'm in L.A., so we really haven't stopped seeing each other. And that's when we, we made it official that night, February 14th. And then that's when I explained to him. 60 days. Yep, the 60 days. How did you manage your, your feelings? How did you manage your emotions? Um, I just I just put, took my feelings out of it and ignored it as far as that because I, I knew I wanted this to work. I wanted I wanted this. You know, I wanted to be with him. I love the man he was. So, I mean, he is, period, you know. So I knew with that I wanted him to do what he needed to do. I mean, I just I just had to sit back and I was focused on my business. I I know one thing where you have I know why they say have a life before you become a wife. You know, sometimes you can focus on your stuff and take your take your mind out of other things and just focus on, you know, your dreams and your goals. Now, Corey, this sounds too good to be true. Yeah. Now, now, Corey, I know she had to give you some drama or something like it wasn't no phone calls. Like, why you didn't call me today? Who is are you seeing somebody else in this 60 days? What, what you got going on? No, man, it was it was it was like a dream come true, to be honest, because one of the things that that if I could speak to women across the country, it would be I would say to them, you got to allow a man to choose you. There it is. Right. And so what she did in there, it is what she did in comparison to relationships I've been in the past. Relationships I've been in the past, they have a tendency to come in the relationship making demands. Yes. Who you talking to, who you seeing. Yes. You know, I ain't got time for that. You know, all that drama. Versus her coming in and saying, listen, I'm going to give you 60 days to get clear. Whatever you need to clear up, whatever issue, whatever relationship, whatever expectation, I'm not asking no questions. I'm not going through no phones. I'm not, I'm, none of that. And what that allowed me to do, Boy. it allowed me to choose her. Yes, it made you see her clearly. Absolutely. It made Absolutely. you. And what it did was make her not muddy y'all's relationship. Absolutely. Because she's saying, listen, I'm mature and I'm grown. Like she said, a key thing. She says, have a life before you become a wife. She said, I know who I am. If you can't see who I am, you don't choose me. You, you've not, you're about to lose me. Right. So I'm going to let you do your process and do your due diligence. And I'm, I'm qualified enough to know who I am that you will see me. Absolutely. That is absolutely beautiful. Hats off to you, Kiana. God, <laughs> dog, that bless my soul. That bless my soul. My God today. Yeah. So now, at what point, I know when you first saw her, you said, this is my wife. Mm-hmm. 
At what point did you say, I'm going to make it official? Man, you know, I, I was just telling a friend of mine this story a few minutes ago. You, you, you are not going to believe this. What happened? But, but I literally made the decision on Monday. The Monday before you proposed? The Monday before I proposed. Um, I, went out <laughs> with a, I went out with a couple of friends of mine. Now, I had been kind of, you know, going back and forth and see someone about when and, and where and how. So I'd already kind of knew that this was what I was going to do. But I woke up on Monday morning after a conversation with a good friend of mine named Antar Muhammad. And um, we were talking, and I was showing him, showing him her pictures. And he said, what are you waiting on? <laughs> and I was like, well, man, we only been dating a certain amount of time. He was like, bro, you're turning 43 years old. You've lived life. You know what you want. What are you waiting on? And that just kind of resonated in my spirit. And I, I woke up on Monday morning, and I said, man, I'm going to ask this girl to marry me. So now let's put this in context. Y'all have been dating, what, six months? Y'all started dating in January. Y'all count December. So here's the thing. We was talking about this today. So our first date was December 19th, 2019. Yeah. We didn't actually become official until February? February. Yeah. February. Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day. So Valentine's Day came official. Yeah. So Valentine's, that's February the 14th, March, yeah. April, May, June. Yeah. Four months later. Yeah. You said, this is a woman I want to marry. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, I, I overcame some of my fears. I overcame some of myself um, because I think that sometimes we can get in our own way. What's your biggest fear? Um, you know, I've got a few fears. I think my biggest fear was, was failing. My biggest fear was failing. I was married before, and I was younger, um, not as experienced. My, my worldview was different. Yeah. And um, I, just to be honest, man, I had I had left a, a trail of dead bodies in my past. Yeah, you know, I've, I've, I'd hurt a lot of people in my past because of either generational curses or or, or or my own proclivities or habits. And and here was my fear to get to the root of it. The Bible says, "Be not deceived, for God is not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, he shall also reap." Uh huh. And to be honest, I was afraid of her. That she was going to be the one that hurts you. That she would be the one to be my karma. Yeah. Because I've, I've had women to love my toenails. Yeah. And I can walk away like it wasn't nothing. Yeah. But with her, man, it was, it was one of those situations where I did not know my heart could beat as fast or as deep. Uh, I didn't know that I could love somebody as much. And so I was really afraid, man. I was really afraid and I was waiting for her. She doesn't notice, but I was waiting for her to give me a reason to walk away. Yep. That's we were interesting. both scared. Yeah, we were both so scared. you were scared? Yeah, I was scared. What were you scared about? Um, just by previous relationships and having, of course, dad issues and different things like that. Um, I was scared by because I kept getting hurt in, in previous relationships. No one um, was treating me to the, the expectations I needed them to. So I was just more very standoffish with him because it was too good to be true. So what, so what did it make you become? Like, you're, you, you know, these guys in the past, did it make you more? Shut down. Shut down. I was shut down, and I knew that this year was my breakthrough year, my event being the biggest year. And I told myself, I'm like, I don't want to date right now because I want to make sure I'm very happy towards my event because there's been times while I was dating in the past, and they made me upset right before my event. And then mm. that energy comes comes around the people I deal with in my work environment. So in January, you opened up. What about that experience made you say, you know what, I'm about to trust this dude? Yeah. One thing I suggest is for people who are starting a date in the beginning, I strongly suggest to go on at least a three-day getaway where you're basically your phone kind of not working. Yeah. You guys are able to just talk and get to know each other because that was the time frame where we really got to know each other, our fears, our strengths, our weaknesses um, from family or diff just different things we've, we've been through in life. We got to really know each other to understand how to love each other or whether it's our love language, learning what's his love language, what's my love language. So just deeper conversations happen when it's just you two alone with no interruption. What makes you grab his hand like that? Because I love him. And I just it just reminded me of uh, the conversations we had because we had very deep conversations that opened me up um, as far as different trauma I've had um, dealing with father issues and different things like that, or just trauma from me losing my mother two years ago, or just grieving in all the different things he's dealing with or I'm dealing with. That was a 
a very deep conversation. I met your stepfather the other day. Oh, yeah, he's amazing. Cool, Best cool, man. cool dude. When I say yeah. I like that dude, yeah. when I say Corey is in good hands, I mean, he has some, he got a dope accountability partner, and he talked to me about how he literally just pursued your mom. And it, they, it's so similar to him. Yeah, it's it like, I, I was listening to that, I was like, this is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, they met I'm, at the essence. And, yeah, and then y'all yeah. met at what? Uh, um, BT? B- BT yep. was, yeah. And yeah. a month after they went to Japan, a month after we went to Mexico. Well, look at that. So, yeah, yeah. They, God, yeah no. it's the same. He's a, he's amazing man. The best, I, like, bonus dad, I call him. Yeah, he's the best bonus dad a woman could ever ask for. You mentioned several times about daddy issues. Do you want to unpack that? What, what do you yeah. mean by daddy issues? What have you yeah. experienced? So daddy issues, meaning like um, I would have trust issues because my father, um, he had a lot of issues as far as like saying he's going to come and didn't really show up or, you know, there's been several occasions where he said he was going to come. He didn't show up. And with that, I would have to, it would begin. That was like a trigger button for me in a relationship. If someone can't make it or, you know, I will automatically think like, oh, gosh, you know, no, this is not it. Or um, just I mean, just different. Like I said, just trust issues. Do you still yearn for that relationship with your dad? Um, we have a relationship now. He's just dealing with some things um, that, you know, personally, he's, he's definitely um, in the streets right now. So yeah. I don't, he's dealing with trying to get himself together with the addictions and stuff he's dealing with. But, um, well, when he's clean, we ha- we're best friends. It's, it's like weird. Like we're best friends when, when we're together, you know, or even when we talk or anything, we have a great relationship. He's a great man. He just has some issues he has to deal with. Well, we'll definitely, uh, we'll definitely be keeping them in our prayers. Yeah. Because, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm an advocate for men to just step up and be what they're supposed to be for their daughters. Which leads me to the next conversation: is that when uh, we were shooting the engagement video, um, and Corey was in my studio, and he had a, I tried my best not to cry. I did good. He had a conversation with his daughters. When I tell you, that's my, that's my, that's my soft spot. Uh, I have a 24-year-old daughter, and her opinion matters to me when choosing a woman. And he got the blessings of his daughters. Why was that important to you? Yeah, it was, it was important to me because of past experiences, um, because of childhood traumas, because of how much I value their emotional, mental, and physical well-being. And I realized that my decisions... Um, there's a ripple effect Yes, for my decisions to them. And I wanted to make sure that, you know, they're old enough and they're of age where they can see things that we don't see. They what are the ages? So um, my first daughter I talked to is, my, is 24. And she's uh, in the military. She's in the military in Jersey. And then uh, Serenity is 14. Uh, and Cadence is 11. And so um, I'm their hero. Yeah. You know, and so I wanted to make sure that um, – that they were okay with it. They were okay with the decision that I made. Yeah. What did your child say? My son, he's kept saying get married to him since day one. <laughs> For real? He loves Corey. Yeah, How he old is he? He's five, turning six, and he tells his dad's side of the family all about him. Really? Yeah. How did that make you feel? It. Makes me feel good because he really, truly loves him. He asks me. It's to the point I can't even tell him when I'm coming to Dallas now. Because he's like, he'll try to FaceTime me. Where are you really? Who are you really with? You know, and I'm just like, oh, my God. My son loves to see me happy. He'll always kiss me and say, Mommy, when are you getting married? I just want you guys to move together. When are we moving to Dallas? Like, he speaks highly, very highly, of course. Has that ever happened before in the past? No. No, not the way. He's he's very attached. He's very attached. So what does that, did that make it a little bit more scary for you? Because if your son is getting attached and you have these daddy issues mm-hmm. then it's like this generational curse that we you know did that make you be like Corey don't be playing with my yeah, heart because I'm telling you I'm about to hurt you don't, yeah, don't do me like did. this because my son's at a vulnerable age he's yeah at an age where he can get hooked on you really quickly yeah. and the way Corey treats him and having his kids around he loves it he loves the big family yeah. because he knows like he sees how I am when I'm with my family he loves having that around so when he's around his kids he's like where's my brothers and sisters am I gonna like so, he mm, he, mm, he truly loves it. You know? I'm trying. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna hold back my tears now because yeah, yeah. that 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 touches me. Yeah, and yeah. I always ask him. Um, I definitely, it's important. Like you said, it's important to make sure your child loves yes. you. Because that's another issue that came up with my father. As far as me, I felt second to his life in a lot of times. So a lot of times in my past relationships, I normalize 
being put in a second place at times. You know, sometimes I just like to sit and listen to her talk, man. And, and again, going back to your initial question of how I knew she was the one, um, I, I know how much pain that relationship with her father caused yeah. her. And I know, um, and it, it, it caused issues in our relationship in the beginning, you know, because she is adamant. Um, there's a fear factor of someone not making her priority. Yes. You know, and um, I remember there was a time where, you know, we kind of got into it about, you know, some things that I, w- I was doing to protect her. But while I was trying to protect her, she felt as if I was trying to hide her. And so, um, but I made a commitment uh, to, I told her the other day, man, we was, we was laying on the couch the other day and she was in tears. And I looked at her and I just grabbed her close and I said, you don't have to be strong anymore. Ooh, there it is. You don't, you don't have to be tough I'm anymore. I'm done. I got you. When I say that's so important, see, <laughs> because so much is invested in the black woman being so strong. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, y'all had to be strong because y'all had to be. Yeah. Because there were no strong men to hold you up and to support you and cover you. And you, 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 you get caught up in this mentality that I got to hold the family down. I got to hold the, the finances down. I got this. Mm-hmm. And it becomes a little unattractive when you get an alpha male in your life that says, no, let me, let, I, I, allow me to cover you. You're like, I got this. I got this. Right, but right. the fact to be able to just say, you don't have to be strong no more. And you exhale and go, okay, <laughs> yeah. you got Absolutely, me. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. What and, were you seeing that made you say that? Um, I, I see her, even on this podcast, trying to protect and cover her dad, the pain from her father. Yeah, I saw that too. Um, because she loves him and um, he's disappointed her so many yep. times in life. And um, I don't want to be that disappointment. You know, I, I remember telling her one time, sweetie, I'm, I'm not your dad. Yeah. I'm not going to be your dad. And that's not a disrespect to me. No, him. that's just facts. It is just that um, I care about her so much that I, I don't want to, I don't want to emulate that pain in any way. You know, when I was growing up, my dad was addicted to drugs. My dad was physically abusive. And I remember my mom working two and three jobs, going to school, and she sacrificed her life to provide for us. And I remember as a young boy, I used to always say, man, I wish somebody would come along and help my mom and and, and take care of my mother and get it to the place where she doesn't have to be Superman and Superwoman. Mm. And what I could not do for my mother, I made a commitment to do for her. This is the Dear Future Wifey podcast where we believe in staying lit. And lit, we coined the acronym living intentionally and transparently. And so it's through that pain, it's through that process that produced him into your life. It's through that pain and that process that produced you in his life. And so had he not been going through, y'all were both going on a journey together. And then y'all crossed at this time. And it took wisdom for it. Both of y'all to say, hey, it's not time. I'm not going to take it out the oven right now because yeah. it's not ready. Corey said, I got to go take care of some things real quick before <laughs> yeah. I mess this situation up. Yeah. And then you said, hey, I'm going to give you 60 days because I don't need all that foolishness to come on over here. So clean up your little stuff and then you come back and you and you level up with me. And so it's that re- mutual respect. And if we all can meet each other in a fine line of mutual respect and we really want the best for each other, then that's how you have a budding and beautiful relationship. Corey told me, he said, listen. I don't want to hurt her. I asked him that 50 million times. Why? Why, Mary? There's a bunch of bad chicks out here. There's so many beautiful women out in this world. Why her? He said, because I love this one. He said, this one, I, it would devastate me to do anything that causes me to lose her. And, and can, I, can I add a little bit more context to that as well? So I want to go back to a question that you asked her that she was too nervous to answer it truthfully. I think she grabbed my hand because... Um, it was an uncomfortable space, and yeah. I give her security. Because she was talking about the fact uh, when y'all was in uh, Mexico and this intimate stuff that y'all were sharing, and then when she started, st- you know, start stuttering, speaking real fast, she reached over and grabbed your hand, and yeah. I was going to see if she was going to be like, she said, I love him. No, nah, he makes you secure. Yeah, I, He provided security. She's like, oh, hold me. Yeah. That man, That's why I said I got teary-eyed, because I'm like, I catch all this. God yeah. dang it. Yeah, and so, man, and I never want to lose that. Yes. The way she looks at me, the way she honors me. Um, I never want to lose that for a, a momentary gratification. Yeah. Um, but um, what, I, what I was going to say is I think what is important 
Um, and it may be uncomfortable for some people to have this conversation in front of their fiance, but um, there's a story in the Bible where, where Peter is called by Jesus Christ to be a uh, disciple. And, you know, you fast forward and Peter denies Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Three times. Three times. And, and, and I could really dig into that and, and extrapolate some more truths from that, but he denies him. I think the, one of the most powerful pieces to this particular text is that when Jesus is resurrected, he calls for Peter again. Yes. He says, go get the disciples and Peter. He called Peter by name. The reason that's important is because Peter is one of the only people in the history of the Bible that call, got called by God twice. Mm. And so um, the reason that Peter has so much zeal in his preaching and his teaching and his lifestyle was because he understood that Christ could have allowed him to wallow in his decision to deny him. Yes. But he loved him more than that. And he called him anyway, because your purpose is greater than your bad decision. And so um, the, the reason I thought it was important. Corey, I didn't bring you on here to preach. I'm but sorry. Preach. No, but preach I'm anyway. No, oh, this I, right here is blessing me. I, I'm sorry. So the reason that, that Peter had so much zeal at Pentecost and when he preached, thousands came to Christ was because Peter was preaching from a perspective of, I don't even deserve, deserve this. <laughs> I don't even deserve this. And he gave it to me anyway. Um, and, um, I think about the reason I didn't call her for six months. If I could just be honest and it may be uncomfortable for some, but in 2012, I met a young lady that I fell head over heels in love Mm -hmm. with, but I was in a relationship Yeah. and I mishandled that situation. Yeah. I mishandled her heart. And just to be honest, man, I never thought I would recover from that. Um, because God gave me a diamond and, I treated it like it was a cubic, cubic zirconian. Yeah. And when I met her, man, this woman right here, man, resurrected something in me that I thought that was dead forever. And I knew that I, I, I thought about my previous experience and I said, God, I'm not going to fumble this ball. There it is. I'm not going to make the mistake with her. I'm not going to do it because uh, she is everything. Now, if, if I could also just say, say one more thing, I'm writing a book and there's a book that, uh, the title of my book is titled, it had to happen. And one of the chapters in my book is titled the one that got away. Mm. I wrote a song about that. Right. And so, and so any great author will always create tension with a title, but then circle back and give you better understanding the revelation. And so I talk about that relationship and I talk about that, that for, for years, I thought that was the one that got away. But then I understand that, that God says um, that I know your thoughts from afar off. I know your ways, all right? And that um, I, I've got plans for you. As a matter yes. of fact, before you came out of your mother's womb, I knew you. I say all of that to say that she was not the one that got away. She was the one that opened the door to the way, right? So when I met this young lady, I fell in love with her. I started loving her in a way that I had never loved before. And I thought that was it. But God said, no, that's not it. I'm opening up a portal in your heart so that when the one actually comes, you've been conditioned and you know that you're capable to love in that manner. She was your John the Baptist. Understand that. (laughs) Follow me. She was the one that was saying, make way because Kiana is coming. Yes. And so, um, I mm-hmm. never want to fumble this ball, and I, not like she's a football, but no. in a sports analogy, I never want to fumble her heart. Yeah, I never want to make her feel insecure. Uh, I never want to make her feel like there's anybody else that has a chance. She is it for me. She is the sugar in my coffee. This is interesting. So, so since we're going to be transparent, there's something that happened, what was that, a month ago you went to jail? Talk about that. Keanu, remember we had that conversation? Uh-huh. I mean, you know. Let's talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, how raw are we going? <laughs> Corey, frame it. What happened? So basically, what happened? Um, I don't. I don't. I, I just because I am a preacher, I use analogies. Yeah. All right. And so uh, I don't. I don't. I don't smoke marijuana, but I used to back in the day. And there comes a time in everybody's life whenever you make a decision to quit something. Yeah. Um, if somebody gets in your car after you quit it. Uh, you may still have some residue. Yep. If you open up that 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 ashtray, even though they don't smoke today, the residue of yesterday is still present. There it is. And so, though I had made a decision to make her my everything, 
there was some habits that I had to break yep. and some accountability that I had to be held to. And so there were um, relationships that were hanging in the balance that were not past the 60 days, but were very close. Yeah. Right. And so um, what happened is I was protesting. Uh, I went to jail and um, she came to she was on the plane to come get me. I mean, not to come get me, but to come see me. Right. She lands, finds out I'm in jail. She comes to the jail and I won't mention any names, but there's a young lady there mm-hmm. that she knows of as a friend of mine. So she says, hey, I'm Corey's girlfriend and I want to find out X, Y, Z. You know, when is he getting out? So forth and so on. And the young lady reaches down in her purse and pulls out the pass and says, well, I'm with Corey, too. You know, and, and X, Y, Z. And I don't know what all she said, but it was uh, I heard about it while I was in jail. So you can imagine my just scared. I mean, so I'm in jail twice at this point. So I'm in jail and And I'm in in jail, jail. right? And so I'm going, wait, wait, wait. This is like the woman of my dreams. You can't mess this up. Yeah. I mean, I think I had just came back from doing a surprise birthday party for her. Yeah. Uh, Oh, yeah, that was right around that time. Uh, Yeah. The week after. Yeah, like a week after. And so, uh, yeah, it was pretty pretty intense. And Keanu, what, what made you trust the process and say, you know what? No, tell me what was your, your what happened on your side? What what did you hear? She booked the flight and was finna go back to LA. That's what she ain't gonna tell you. But go ahead, baby. <laughs> she was on her way back to LA. That's for sure. Yeah, I was. I definitely was. Uh, my whole heart dropped. And you said so, I'm done. Yeah, at that moment, I was just like, I need to go back to LA. I, I need to breathe. You know, because at that moment, I was shooken up. I was like, it, and then it happened right in front of my cousin. So she. She was right there with me to, to feel it all too. So it, it was just all bad at that moment. Um, I, w- I was ready. I was ready to leave. But the new me now is just like, no, I want to talk about it. I want to see what his thoughts are. And um, instead of going off, I stayed at a level two and just kind of asked him and talked about it so I could hear, really hear him out and hear how he feels. And um, and with someone coming at him at a level two, because I realized sometimes when two people argue and nothing gets done, nothing. Everybody on defense. Everybody on defense. Y'all just arguing. Exactly. So, what did you hear him say that made you trust him, or did you trust him, or did you just say, "Give me a moment to think about it," but I'm gonna stay put? Or what did you do? I think he he did everything to make me feel secure. I think he knew what parts um, were my new triggers for me, and what um, what he had to do to kind of make it right. And he did that. So whether that was, um, and I even told him to apologize to her. So I'm that kind of person where I wished her the best. I told him to apologize in the midst of also letting her know what's going on with us because I think it's important to not leave a woman stained because then they'll come out and do all kind of stuff you don't you might not want them to do. You know, some women have different levels of crazy, and I don't want that to come out. You know, just so she told you apologize to the girl. Yeah, well, I think I think she she did. Yes, she did ask me to to apologize, but did I you think do it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and I think the, the most important part of that is accountability and self-reflection. Um, I've learned, I learned a long time ago, and this was just a subtle reminder to me that, that sometimes you could see a relationship at a two and based upon that other person's experience, they can see it at a 10. Yeah. And, you know, what I also learned, and this is what I think every man can attest to this, that you can tell a woman that you're just friends. Yeah. But that thing called hope yep. and the aspiration of potentially being more than friends, it sometimes deafens them to the actual words that are coming out of your mouth. Right. You know, and it was a situation where I just had to be responsible. Yes. And say, well, listen, I apologize for um, if I misled, if I led you on, if I misguided you in any way. And I think also I think it's worth being said that she didn't just blindly trust me. You know, I you had, had to, to work for it. Not only did I have to work, but I had to show her text messages yes. that lined up with what I was saying. There it is. I had to show her. And and uh, not to get too much detail, but the person uh, really tried to trap me up. And them trying to trap me up is really what set me free. Yeah. So this person had a video recording. Or, well, not a, not a video, but an audio recording of a conversation that we had. Before Kiana ever heard the audio recording, I told her everything verbatim that I said without the knowledge of the audio recording. Yeah. So I think her being able to hear that, it gave her this maybe peace that, well, he was telling the truth. That's good. You know, and maybe there were some things he could have handled differently, but I, he didn't know he was being recorded. Yeah. And everything that he said to me 
lined up with Wilson in the court. Lined up with Wilson on the recording. Can't be mad at that. Yeah. At that point, it's, you yeah. can't be mad at that. But I, but I, I, I do want to say this because I think it's important. The look in her eyes that day killed me. Um, because she always looks at me with such joy and respect and admiration and and love. And when she came to the house that day, it was empty. And um, I said to myself, I never want her to feel like that or to look at me like that again. And so I just made a commitment to myself that I'm, I'm, I'm never going to intentionally or unintentionally hurt her again. So when she was here, how many days was that after... I met her because that had to be like the next day or two days later or something. It was on a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So if you, that was the next day. Because if, if you went to jail for that protest, it was on a Monday. You got out on a Monday, right? Yeah, it was the next day. It was, it was the next Tuesday. day. That's right. So that look came back. Because when I first saw you, I was like, she loves the mess out of this dude. And we touched on the conversation. He was like, oh, yeah. And he was like, man, you know, the other day. But it was like one thing I told Corey, I said, the way that girl looks at you. I mean, you look at him like he's your future, present, and healing you from your past. Yeah. And it's so, it's so freaking beautiful. It's the most beautiful thing ever. And, yeah, Corey, you hit the nail on the head. Make sure that you protect that look. You protect yeah. that at all costs because when a woman is gone, that, that, that void looking into your woman's eyes, and you see nothing. Oh, that mess hurts. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and especially when Jesus. you are the cause of yes. that look disappearing. Yes. You know, and so when you know that she loves you, she adores you, she respects you, she honors you, but now that's gone and you understand that it is a direct correlation to your actions. There it is. And see, what I've learned in, in 43 years is that it's three things in life that I think that you never get back. Number one is time. Time. Um, number two, your words. Yes. The moment you release those words out of your mouth, you can never pull them back. And the third thing is, is controversial, but I think it to be true. You never, ever fully regain trust, trust in its original form. <laughs> yeah. And so um, what I don't want to do is make her lose trust in me. Then I changed to be everything that she wanted me to be in the beginning. And then she never fully trusts you. But she never fully trusts me again. And so I've been in relationships before because of my actions that even when I was telling the truth, they was looking for the lie. <laughs> yeah. You know, and um, the worst feeling is to be in a relationship where somebody didn't trust you. You're telling the truth. But because of your past patterns, yes. they don't believe you. And so I made a decision that day, like, yo, we ain't going to have that ever again. <laughs> You know, listen. Do you feel like that, Kiana? Yeah. You, you feel like he values you? Yeah, he definitely does. When you when you made that the, when you made the decision to leave and he fought for you to stay, how did that make you feel? It felt good. It felt really good to know that I have a man that doesn't give up. Um, in the past, I've had like I've, I've had men that gave up and they're just like, just, all right, go on there. Yep. You know, it's, but this one, he he fights for me. He doesn't let me go. He even told me when I was leaving, I was like, you know, I had my flight. He was like, okay, I'm going with you. Yeah. yeah. He said, He's well, like, well, I guess we'll, we both got a flight. Right. I said, well, well, we, well, when we leaving? <laughs> right. <laughs> and, you know, she was at my house that night and she was still mad. <laughs> she was still mad. And so she slept on the couch. I was like, well, I guess we, we going to sleep on the couch. couch. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. There it is. Because yeah. yeah. you never want to give. You never want to give the devil more space to get in yes. her mind and make her think certain things. Because when you're in the room and she in the whatever, she she probably sitting in the living room talking about, yeah, he he probably in there texting that girl. He probably such, 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 such. And it's like when you make that, that move and say, I'm going to stay right here next to you. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, because he's right. If I would have went back to L.A., I probably would have sat there and strolled through and looked through all the snapshots and kept replaying it in my head. And yeah. Had my own conversation in my head. Built your whole story up. A you, whole, you whole storyline. The, the, you know? the judge, the jury. <laughs> You'd have been everybody. Yeah, literally. Yeah. <laughs> and he called you back. You just well, then your number been changed. So <laughs> I don't know what he had to do. He was just he was he was got on that plane. Oh, you better believe it. He, he got everybody's sure. number now. He has my whole family, <laughs> friends. Brother, number. Listen. He would have found a way to me. So you've yeah. been right at that door, man. Huh? Listen, I wasn't playing around with. I'd have been right at the door, <laughs> especially man, especially knowing that. That the experience was not worth losing my future. There it is. I'm a fight for my future. There it is. I'm a fight for my 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 love and my passion. And I can be arrogant like I've been in my past and be like, hey, whatever. Yeah. But she doesn't allow she doesn't allow me to be that way. And that's simply not that she's controlling me, but just by the way she looks at me. 
it does something to me. Y'all are both attractive individuals, have a lot going on, a lot of opportunities, y'all bosses. Um, so it's not due to a shortage of opportunities uh, from the opposite sex to be able to choose. What made you, and I'm going to start off with Corey, what made you choose her? Um, going back to the text message I sent her in December, there was not a day that passed that I didn't think about her. Um, there was not a day that went past that I didn't scroll on her page. Um, and I'd never experienced that before. Um, this is without a conversation. This is not even having a conversation. This is high. Here's my card. It was, it was, it was spooky. <laughs> You know, it was, it was spooky because, you know, I mean, of course, you know, I'm, I'm very well traveled. I'm, yeah. I'm very well known. And so there's beautiful women here in Dallas. That's what I'm saying. It's a, a gang of them, you know, all over. And then social media makes all of them accessible, accessible. Yeah. at all times. And so it, it would have been easy for me just to be like, ah, well, you know, on to the next. But it was something about her. It was something about, like I said in the engagement video, you, you just know when you know. Just know when you know. And, um, Did God I, tell you that that was the one? Or did you tell you? Because I always say there's an opportunity. We, we have our own desires and we choose. Did you believe that you heard God say, this is the one? You know, this is, this is going to sound crazy for, for the Christian people that, that follow me. I, I didn't wait for God to tell me that was the one. I knew it. When you've walked with God long enough, you recognize his voice. The Bible says, my sheep know my, know my voice. voice. So um, when right now, if you pick up the phone and call my daughter, she's going to say, who is this? <laughs> yeah. But I, can, but I can pick up the phone and call my daughter from your phone. She's going to say, hey, Dad. Because she knows my voice. There it is. And she knows when I'm present. And the same way my daughter recognizes the presence of her father, I recognize the presence of God. And God is love. Yes. Right? In, in, in his whole totality, God is love. He encompasses love. And so the way I loved her and adored her and honored her, to me, suggests that this has to be love first and love is of God. Mm-mm-mm. Now, I never pray, God, is this the one? But what I did pray and say, God, if she's not the one, Remove her. show me something so I can get out of my own flesh and out of my own way. It's, it's, I shared this with somebody the other day. I said, man, there's God's perfect will for your life. Then there's his permissive, permissive will. will. Yeah. And then you're just out of his will. Mm-hmm. My prayer to God was that, God, if this is your perfect will, amen. But if this is just your permissive will, I'm still cool with it because you cover me in your permission. There it is. But I don't want to be out of your will. And so if that's the case, then let it rock and roll. Let, let me tell you something, man. Um, this was back in January, and we had just came back from Mexico, and we had a little situation uh, similar to the situation we dealt with uh, back in, 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 in May uh, or the beginning of June, um, where you know, my ex reached out to her and was talking all this foolishness and she wouldn't answer my phone call. <laughs> so now keep this in mind. Now I've only, now, okay. Now I've only been dating her at this point now for, we're not even dating officially at this point. We just kind of getting to know each other. And there was this moment where the old habitual arrogance came up. And I said to myself, listen, you don't know who I am. Forget her. First of all, you don't know who I am. Yeah. Okay. That's the first thing we say. You don't know who I am. That's number one. Number two. <laughs> Uh, all right, I don't do no chasing. Let's get this understood. All right, I was sitting in my office. I had called her three or four times. She wouldn't answer the phone. She was very short with text messages, and I understood it. Nobody wants to be introduced to drama at the very beginning. There it is. Um, uh, but to me, what 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 infancy stages drama sometimes indicates is purpose, right? And so you've got to be able to cipher. You've got to be able to decipher what is drama. Or what is a satanic attack on purpose? Mm. Understand that when when Moses was born and when Jesus was mm. born, that the enemy's desire was to terminate them at the early, early stages. stages. Yes, because if he ever made it to Calvary, or if he ever made it in front of Pharaoh, there would be a, another level of deliverance. And so, what we experienced was infancy stages attacks. And I said to myself, "I'm sitting in. My, I'm getting chills just thinking Boy. about it. I'm sitting in my office, and I said to God." I said, God, I really like this girl. <laughs> I said, but I'm not calling her no more. I'm not texting her anymore. I'm just going to let it be because I understand from her perspective. She just met me. We just came back from Mexico, and all of a sudden, the enemy rears his head up. Man, I'm telling you, man, within five minutes, she, picked, she called me. 
Really? That's what I knew. What made you call? Um, just more so giving it a fair shot as far as like, um, like I know, like I said, I know things don't come squeaky clean in the beginning. And obviously he's a good man, so I know it's going to be a hurtful thing to leave him um, or to come to the reality of that, you, you know, it's not your man anymore, let's say. So um, I, I mean, I was just trying to come from an understanding point and just try to really work through it and understand that it was still the early stages and that I still wanted to work on it and work through it. I didn't feel like it was something that was going to be um, a deal breaker because of how he treated me and, and his words and his actions um, show differently from what I was hearing from her, you know, so um, how consistent he was. And like I said, his actions made me make that decision. You know. All right. So answer this question. Just slide right on to that. What made you choose him? I chose Corey because uh, it was he was different from anyone I've ever dated. Anyone um, he's had. He went through all the whole checklist, like say, for instance, you know, all girls have their little checklist as far as their kind of man they would want to be with. And spiritual was one because um, I come from a church home and my grandmother, they was full of head, head of the mother's board and front row of the church, all that, you know, I was usher, singer, all that. So um, that was one. And he had that. And that was very attractive to me. And um, me, I come from South Central, which is, you know, hood. So I, I have hood. a little hood in me. Yeah. So um, the fact that he had that in him was like, oh, he got both, you know. <laughs> and then uh, the fact yeah. that he's, he's right? <laughs> um, street smart, you know, yeah. so um, book smart. And then the fact that um, like he has his own business. And I thought that was attractive because I wanted someone that was business minded because I had a business. And, um, you know, just because of our our fight for what we want was attractive as far as he knew what he wanted with his company and I knew what I wanted and us just the road we were going down to really accomplish those dreams and it was just different like yeah. how how we talked and um like I said the way he treated me the way he planned things like that swept me off my feet of how he even if it's the smallest things of just how he plans things it's just different you know how consistent he is is totally different so that's why I chose him over anybody any day Wow let me tell you something I am so inspired by y'all's love relationship I'm still in the process of getting to the point To where I want to take upon A take unto me a wife uh, Do it again Still some healing processes I got to go through and uh, But I'm so inspired um, Here on the Dear Future Wifey podcast We like to discover Uncover and recover love And so what I hear from y'all's testimony is that y'all went to the discovery phase where you looked at your own life and said, this is where we went wrong. This is where you're taking accountability to your actions, the past pain and hurts and overcoming those. And then you begin to uncover some stuff as y'all begin to uncover each other and start saying, hey, uh, let me see about this girl. All right. Ain't time for me to touch it right now. Let me chill. All right. Now let me go ahead and pursue. Oh roadblock all right let me continue to pursue and then he began to cover you and that's the most powerful thing is when he started covering you and you were like hold on i'm, I'm a tough woman i don't need you i don't oh geez i'm melting okay yeah. all right hold me hold right. me and then now he uh recovered you because you've been his missing rib he said baby I ain't letting you i can't i can't live without you yeah and uh so that day is going to come by the end of this year right where y'all going to go ahead and December 19th December 19th So if your, da if, your, if your bonus dad said I'm telling you girl I'm telling you That's not the one for you You need to take your time Everybody Your friends Your aunts Everybody was against them You still would have went for it I still would have went for it Because they're not in my 24 hours They don't know what's going on And this concludes the podcast Thank you for listening <laughs> to the Dear Future Wifey podcast Give it up for Kiana And Corey <laughs> Man I hope y'all got a lot out of that conversation. I mean, man, Corey and Kiana, they kept it real. Uh, very, very impactful. I, I always love when I'm able to talk to couples and hear about their journey. Dear Future Wifey, I'm honored to be in an industry that documents couples' love stories with engagement and wedding films. I never treat these jobs as mere employment opportunities or a paycheck. I approach each work through prayer. Before hitting record on my camera, I take a moment to seek the Lord's guidance in helping me tell their love story. Through this process, I truly become connected and invested in their love journeys. One day, I will be on the opposite side of the camera lens and you and I will be the story being captured. We will kiss on cue and it will be edited to slow motion in post-production. Many will watch the video to take 
in a glimpse of the passion we have for one another. Viewers will never fully grasp the, uh, the amount of hours of prayer, the personal healing we've undergone, and faith it took to manifest our bond into existence, patiently enduring the process to the promise. Your future hubby. Thank you for listening to the Dear Future Wifey podcast. Remember, be lit, live intentionally and transparently, and don't stop loving. Make sure to subscribe to our Dear Future Wifey YouTube channel. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. We welcome your support. Simply share our podcast with your friends and family. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.